Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 22nd. Whenever you feel pain or sorrow, withdraw from that feeling to the center of your spine. From there, watch those emotions dispassionately. Tell yourself, whatever affects my body and ego can never affect me and myself. Pain and sorrow both are nothing but dreams. Well, here's another nice challenge that Swami's putting in front of us but also an immensely helpful one. Now, now, when Swami says, withdraw into the spine, the center of yourself, he's, he's giving the conclusion of a great deal of, of practice and study of yoga and meditation. What, what we're doing in all of yoga practice and in, in all of meditation practice is much of the time our energy is, is directed outward and you, I'm holding my hands out you know, we just run the energy into our hands, we reach for things, we run it into our feet and we move ourselves around, we run it into our eyes and we look, into our mouth and we talk. We're always just taking the energy that literally flows in through the medulla, which is at the base of the brain, which is the center of our individuality, and we, and we draw in cosmic life force and then we spend it. And it's just a constant, the tap is open and the Water's just running through. When we practice yoga postures, and even more profoundly when we practice meditation, the art of meditation as it's taught in the Kriya Yoga lineage that we follow, you stop all physical movement. You stop, even you put on some kind of a device that cuts out the sound, earplugs or headphones, or at least you try to cut your attention. You close your eyes. Sometimes you do have incense because smell is very evocative. And if you can associate a certain smell with a certain state of consciousness, it'll help put you in that state of consciousness. But otherwise, you cut off your senses completely. And then what do you do with your energy? Well, the practice, uh, yoga practice, physical yoga, begins to center you in the spine. And physical yoga is designed to bring your attention into the center of the body and then raise the energy up to the spiritual eye. Meditation itself takes that practice to a much more subtle level so that you're, you're not actually even working with physical energy, you're working with the life force itself. Because the life force, in order to express through the body, begins as the formless divine spirit becomes the life force in the body, then the mind and the ego express it. But you can back that up so that the life force comes in but is held at the center of ourself. And when we're holding our attention at the, in the center, however, and deep enough even to withdraw from the physical body temporarily and just be living in the energy itself, this is the meaning of what St. Paul said, which by the grace of Jesus Christ, I die daily, means that he withdrew his life force in the material world and would and through the practice of meditation and master said a practice a technique like the same technique of kriya yoga that 
he himself taught or something very similar to it because it's science. It's just the way we're made. It's not a dogma that one master represents. It's the way the physical body is made. Knows how to live just in the life force itself, which is the the life force of God, and that the physical body doesn't exist for the period of time that we're doing it. Then, of course, the, the yogi lets the energy flow, and so we haven't really died. We haven't died in the sense that we've abandoned the physical body. We've just taken a rest from it. So with all that as the principle behind it, it is a technique for us to deal with the fact that we get drawn into the material world as if it was the only reality. And when aspects in this creation, um, when waves, turbulent waves begin to come, whether the physical body itself is in pain or the emotions are in pain, the mind is in pain, something, Swami uses the simple the word ego, meaning that ego is the self identified with these limiting conditions. He's not just talking about being egotistical. He's talking about the fact of the life force having become defined and identified with these limiting conditions. When these limiting conditions become unpleasant, then we interpret that as pain, and we believe that when we're in pain, we have to suffer. And all of us have been through it, one way or another, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it might be. So either we just endure it, we outweigh it, we, yes, outweigh it, or take a drug or something to dull our awareness of it, or we can activate the principles of yoga and say, I'm only experiencing this because I have allowed my self-definition, my concentration, and my attention to, to commit itself to this level of awareness. But especially if we have practiced meditation or energization or yoga postures or deep prayer or devotion, anything that requires us to detach a little bit from that external reality, intensify our inner reality, and better still, to elevate our inner reality, that's what we can use. So that's what Swami says. If you find yourself in a state of mental or physical anguish, withdraw into the spine. Elevate your attention. He doesn't finish the whole instruction. But elevate your attention as, as, if possible, up to the spiritual eye. And, And from that point, simply observe. Because this is who I really am, this internal reality. We know that because when we die, and when we have died, literally not a near death or a death in return, or an I die daily in meditation like Paul did, but when we really abandon this body, we, we suddenly discover that we were just wearing it. Whereas I thought it was me, it wasn't me, it was just the garb I'm wearing. If I began to define myself by this dress I have on, people would think I was crazy. If I refused to take it off in the belief that if I took off this dress, I would cease to exist, I mean, that would be a certifiable mental condition, literally. But we all have made the decision that I am this body I'm wearing, and the idea of anything happening to this body becomes very frightening to us. And the saints look at us and know that is a certifiable mental condition. And they have come in to try to show us that it's not true. That's why many saints do much tapasya. 
They do many things that seem to violate the instinctive desire to protect and take care of this body because they're trying to show us its two realities. In a previous one of these um, daily recommendations I was talking about Yogananda dropping a heavy item on his foot and showing how he could either be in or not in the body and likening that even to the crucifixion of Jesus, that he could willingly accept it, but he didn't have to suffer. He withdrew into the part that was really him and watched his garment be, you know, ripped to shreds. And no, it wasn't pleasant. But what what really caused Jesus to suffer was the hatred that was directed toward him. (coughs) But not because his ego cared, (coughs) but because it was heartbreaking to see people injuring themselves with that hatred. That's why he... That's why he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was asking that the karma of their wrong actions not be accrued, that he would take the karma for them. Now, all of that is, here we have one more really interesting practice. Can I just come back into myself and observe? A a, a friend of mine has this fun thing that I find very helpful, which is sometimes when, when things are happening... She'll suddenly make a a photo caption for the moment in time, as if in the midst of this, a picture were taken, especially when something chaotic or confusing happens. You know, this is is when the heroine, that's how she'll often refer to herself, this is when the heroine takes a left turn and finds herself with no idea where she is right now. (laughs) This is where the heroine makes a very poor judgment call and finds herself in the midst of confusion. This is where the heroine is betrayed by all her friends. You know, it's not funny, but this is where the heroine is betrayed by all her friends. So we step back, and instead of being the ego that has been betrayed by its friends, now we're observing, hmm, this is where the heroine is betrayed by all her friends. And it is happening. We're not saying it's not happening, but it's quite different to be the heroine in the midst of the betrayal and then to have retreated into, in, in the book, it's a capital S self. This is not happening to myself. I'm going back to where myself is. Because when I was starting to say, when we take off this physical body in death, we realize that it was never us. Because the I is this internal energy. This I is this life force. And that life force goes on. And it, 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 it moves on. So, so... The quality of our ability to be in that life force and who we are deeply within ourselves, not superficially, not engaged and activated and constantly distracted and owned by all the waves on the sea, is quite different than who we are when we realize that we are, in fact, the whole ocean. That's the self. That's why it's a capital S. The self is the whole ocean. That's the life force that's coming into us. We, we are one with that force. When, when you live in the ocean, the waves are happening. But they're not who I am. They're happening on the surface of who I am. So I have to participate in them. When the heroine is betrayed by all her friends, certain adjustments may have to be made. Certain unpleasant truths may have to be faced. Certain realities that are not attractive 
will have to be accepted as the conditions of one's life. This is not a a Pollyanna affirmation. This is just, let me get a perspective on this. And if you can add into all of that, everything happens for the sake of teaching me something that I need to know. Nothing is unfair. Every difficult situation represents a divine opportunity to learn, a karmic debt that has to be paid, some unfinished business that I started perhaps in an incarnation I don't remember, and now I get to experience. Sometimes we get to experience the results of certain actions that in lifetimes we may not remember. We ourselves imposed on others and had insufficient understanding of the consequences. I certainly have to say for myself that every difficult situation I've been in, in which the heroine is betrayed by all her friends or whatever it might be, this is where the heroine loses her job, her home, and her health, whatever it might be, has, when the dust has settled, taught me more about compassion. Because suffering is not pleasant. And one inadvertently in one's life, at least this one inadvertently, has caused a lot of suffering because I didn't fully understand how the flow of energy works. So I've come to understand how the flow of energy works because I've experienced it. And then after you experience it, you really think about it differently. And we've all experienced it at one time or another, but we, we often have to be reminded because expediency, convenience, mental confusion, even malice and revenge come in there and we forget. That's what karma is, we forget. But if we can draw back into our center, watch it from the point of view of the self, then not only are we much more likely to learn the lesson, but even we will learn it much less painfully and more quickly because we will have extricated ourselves from the confusion of the it to just the calm watcher, seeing what happens in this particular chapter of the heroine's life. And also even just to say that, this is the chapter in which the heroine suffers, so that in the next chapter, the heroine can be free. And if we put even a little bit of that detachment into the present moment, the entire picture begins to change. So Swami says, whenever you feel pain or sorrow, Withdraw from that feeling to your center in the spine. From there, watch those emotions dispassionately. Tell yourself, whatever affects my body and ego can never affect me in myself. Pain and sorrow both are nothing but dreams. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.